Hey, this is Chris and Jan Woodruff, and you are listening to the Hindsight Podcast, where we sit down with people and we take a look back at what we can learn from a very specific season in their life. So if you guys are picking up with us on the second episode with the Latimers, you'll remember back in the first one, we were outside, we made a decision, and it was a wise one. We moved inside. It was getting a little bit raucous out there. Yeah, all the, the foxes, night creatures. foxes were howling. We and, now know uh, what the fox says. Yeah, that's right, we do. <laughs> and the guy, the guy across the cove that we thought was going to stop at dark did not, and, uh, and he just kept on going with that saw and, I think, a hammer drill. Uh, so we said, all right, we're going to take it inside for the second one. So we are inside and sitting with the Latimers for the second half and really talking about the transition of life uh, after the, the kids, kids grow up. Once yeah. the kids transition out of the home. They were so great. This will be super inspiring, I think. For us, it was one of our greatest takeaways. It was really helpful for us to look through the lens of the empty nest in a very different way. Yeah. Revolutionary. I mean, there was a couple of things here that we were like, oh my gosh, this is this changes our perspective for the next season. Because mm-hmm. we've been talking a lot about the next season. You yeah, know? in a really positive way. So it's been, it's yeah, actually like, it's been great. not that I ever look forward, because I don't want to miss any season with my kids right now. But as they are starting to transition, it gave us something to really... Um, be excited about. Yeah. Start planning. Yep. So we're not going to talk about it any longer. We're going to let you listen in on the conversation with Dennis and Jane. Well, welcome back, Dennis and Jane. We are glad to have you guys back for our second episode. And in this particular episode, we would love to dive in to your second 18 years of marriage. And what we'd love to start out with is looking at, okay, the transition time that happened when your kids started going to college, because I think that's a something that we're going to be heading into in about yeah. two years. Mm-hmm. But also we've learned from several other couples that that's really a turning point where you kind of have to reestablish mm-hmm. what does your marriage look like? Because mm-hmm. you know what it looks like with a full house and a lot of chaos. And as some of that's starting to go, how did you guys, how did you handle some of those first mm-hmm. years when your kids were heading into college? The first thing is that we realized the family dynamic has changed. Hmm. We had three kids, you know, we had five seats at the table, and all of a sudden there's only four of us. And it was just like less silverware, less plates, you know, you find yourself doing the routine that you've always done, Hmm. and so you get choked up. You know, you think dropping them off at college is hard, and we were pretty good about that. We didn't cry all the way home. It was... You were pretty good about that. (laughs) (laughs) It wasn't horrible, but the first one's always the hardest um, because it's the unknown. And then the little moments at home that are different. uh, And then you're right, everybody processes that differently. Mm -hmm. And so we had to give each other grace in how we we are going to handle this. Um, plus, the other kids miss the first kid when the first right. one goes off. So everything starts changing, and you just know in the back of your mind this is going to happen all over again with the next child, mm-hmm. and the dynamics will change again. And in our case, then you only have one child left, which in a way it seems freeing because you can do so much with that last child that you didn't get to when the other ones were home. Right. Um, and yet uh, it's, it's so bittersweet. Because mm-hmm. you're trying to do your job well. I always, in the back of my mind, was always um, the thought that 
uh, I'm raising my kids to leave me. Right. And if I do a good job, they'll leave me, and they'll be able to do that and be mature enough to do that. Right. So you're working yourself out of a job. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that's how it's supposed to be. Yeah. Right. And I tend to be a little matter-of-fact and stuff like that. So that was my goal, mm-hmm. um, knowing they would leave, even though it's sad. But so, I always had the hope they'd come back. Yeah, the random tangent question as, as you were talking, I was thinking... So your oldest two are girls, mm-hmm. right? So I'd, I would imagine that relationship um, was pretty close. Um, I'm thinking about our our dynamics is the two boys are, are mm-hmm. the older two, and so they've got a different relationship. I haven't really processed when CJ leaves, that's going to leave a gap for Ty. Right. Did you guys see some of that in your daughters? Obviously, probably your, your son was affected as well, but mm-hmm. were the girls, did they have a unique relationship to where... You know, your younger one, when the older one left to college, there was a there was a gap, and you had to parent different and work through that differently. Yeah, we we saw that uh, for sure, um, and because the kids will talk about things that they won't talk about with the parents, and right. depending on the the status of their relationship, that'll be a lot. Even when it doesn't appear to be even that strong because they go through a phase where it doesn't feel that strong, it's still pretty important. Yeah. And um, and so, yeah, you know, the good side of that is you get to reset the amount of time you spend with the ones that are left, you mm-hmm. know, that are still with you. I do think, back to what Jane said, you've got to give yourself some latitude to just... You know, adjust to that. Yeah. Uh, Jane, we tease about this. She's law of the farm. It's like <laughs> I, I give her power of attorney for my will and stuff, and I'm always worried because if I have a paper cut, she might put me down. <laughs> so we, I always tease her about that. But like with the kids, she's like, she's really good at those transitions. I'm a mess. <laughs> I'm a total mess at those transitions, and it, it takes me a little while. So because I'm catering to myself, I'd say give yourself a little bit of grace. Yeah. But when that passes, the thing that's that was most helpful to us was just focusing on every new chapter, what's really cool about that next chapter. Because our second daughter, Christy, we got to spend so much different time with Christy. And being a middle child, she felt slighted mm-hmm. a lot of times. She, mm-hmm. You know, the youngest gets a lot of attention, the oldest, you know, is first. And the middle child, you know, for whatever reasons, gets caught in the middle. And those were important years for her. And... Uh, Poor Eric. You know, he had a mom and two sisters that are older, so he had no choice but being a sensitive guy. And uh, But he lost one of his moms. You know, it wasn't yeah. just a sister, you know. And it's funny to watch the girls with with him. I mean, like, when he started dating, dating, if the girl didn't pass the two sisters test, she was not, there was no such thing as a second date. So wow. It was kind of fun to watch that. <laughs> and even while they're away at college, they're calling each other mm-hmm. and, and, you know, doing all that kind of stuff. So yeah. it was kind of special. Mm-hmm. So. That's cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's great. I love that. Mm-hmm. So you guys had talked to us a little bit before we started recording about the idea of empty nest, but there was a different spin that you had mm-hmm. heard, and I thought that would be something that everybody would love to hear because yeah. I thought that was really great sharing. Mm-hmm. So a friend of ours shared an article with us recently out of Christianity Today that changed the term empty nest to open nest, and it resonated a lot for us because that's what it feels like to us. If you think of it in terms of only what you lost, it feels empty. That feels negative. And every time you say the word, you remind yourself of loss. Hmm. When you say open, it doesn't mean that your kids became any less because your relationship's changing and it becomes richer and it takes on new texture. 
but you also have time, if you choose to use it this way, to expand your definition of the people that you're doing life with in a deeper, more meaningful way. Some of that's friends, some of maybe ministry opportunities. That's part of the reason we got involved with Lighthouse Family Retreat, which mm-hmm. we enjoy so much mm-hmm. for a lot of reasons. But that's part of our open nest is not mm-hmm. focusing all that time on the nuclear family as our primary and of necessity, of necessity. It would use so much of our time. Yeah. Now you've just got back large amounts of time and there's a question, what are you going to do with that time mm-hmm. and how are you going to use it? So we've that's a pretty recent concept for us, but we love the concept mm-hmm. in terms of an open nest, in terms of the possibilities of what you can do now with this time and how you can use that time. And a lot of that's time for us. It's like going back to when you were first married mm-hmm. and because you had so much time together and you could, on the spur of the moment, you could pick up and go do something. Yeah. And you didn't have like the laundry list of things we had to make sure of with the kids and all of that. It's unsettling. You know, every night the kids are in bed and you, you've kind of, there's, this feels like a piece over your house. They're all healthy. They're mm-hmm. all in bed. Everything's good. And then they go away to college and you don't know if they're in bed. And they probably aren't. <laughs> it's, it's, and, and it's just weird because I knew that last week and I don't know that this mm-hmm. week. Mm-hmm. And so you can fixate on all of that. But the openness side means a lot. So how about you, hon? I agree with Dennis. Um, again, when, when it's almost when the kids are away whether they're at college or married or whatever, there's a freedom in not knowing because you're trusting you've done all you could to raise them the way you, you know, you just have to trust that God's Mm -hmm. watching over them, that you've raised them to look to him and not to you. Mm -hmm. And then there's freedom to let them go. And so in that, we could enjoy our time together. Yeah, um, I think that's great. Yeah, and if I don't have to know where they are every minute, I mean, that that's a lot of pressure. Like, yeah. you know where your kids are yeah, right. pretty much all the time, right? Yeah. And now there's no way I can know that, and so that's fine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I love that idea of the openness because I feel like that I tend to be more silver lining, and so I like having a positive spin mm-hmm. on things anyhow. But I love the idea, though, of it shouldn't, it should be, every season of our marriage should be, thoughtful and something to look forward to. And so for me, that gives us hope because we really do. The reason we got together initially, because we really like doing things together. Mm -hmm. We feel like God has given us um, the opportunity to serve together. And that's when life's really rich. So Mm -hmm. the idea of having the openness is exciting for me because I am a networker and I'm an extrovert. But with that, though, is it causes you to think through a different lens. Okay, God, now what? Now what? Instead mm-hmm. of, oh my gosh, like right. I'm not an active mom. You know, I think you have to look at it in a different way. So that, I love that. Yeah. Because that great... makes me excited to know that, yes, right now I have kids in my home. My job is to really love them mm-hmm. and to use this season well. And for Chris and I to continue to nurture our relationships so that when they do transition, that we're ready for whatever God has next for us. So I look forward to that. It's a great paradigm shift. I love the idea mm-hmm. of, um, of, of thinking about it that way and and not going down the rabbit hole of, um, of oh, my gosh, what are we going to do? It's, oh, my gosh, what are we going to do? Like, yeah, it's a I, different tone. You know, it's, yeah. oh, we can have, you know, friends over more, and we can, we can go out, and we can go to friends more. And uh, there's just so many different things and opportunities. And I love how you guys are talking about how, uh, it creates more opportunities to be that much more intentional with your time, you know, and who you're going to invest in and uh, and where you can, you know, pour 
your wisdom and experience and things you learned uh, that you did well and things you messed up on and share that with people. And, uh, and I just think that's, that's being just a really mm-hmm. good steward of that season. And I think with that perspective of open, it makes it easier to do that. Yeah. I think if I had known it when we went through that yeah. time, it would have helped me because I was so intent on finishing the kids well yeah, that I, I didn't dare look that far ahead. Mm. And if I, I found out later in the years that followed um, our last leaving, I was kind of floundering, not, not real bad, but trying to decide now what, you know, yeah. now that now I don't have anybody to take care of, they're gone. And that's a good thing. Um, if I had known then the concept of openness, I would, it would have been a much more positive connotation. I would have been anxious to fill right, it. Right, I would have been about thinking, what all can different. I be doing yeah. next? And I didn't go there. Yeah. It would have been helpful. There's another side of the concept I like. It's not just for us. It's for our kids. Because everybody's going to come to you and say, how are you doing with Empty Nester? Did you remove a chair from the table? You know, <laughs> Is the bedroom now being used for something else and yeah. all this type of stuff? You're going to be reminded of that all the time because everybody starts reliving their feelings mm-hmm. through you as the next one going through it. But when you think about your children and how they're reacting to it, you want them to leave well. You want them to leave, and it's hard for them to leave well if they know you're devastated or that it's just yeah. a loss for you and that it's a big tape away. And especially if they love you, that they've inflicted some pain on you just because of life circumstances. Mm-hmm. It's not just freedom for you. It's freedom for them, and that's part of what we yeah. need to do for them. As they but it's forward. the same modeling. Like you were talking about, the best thing that we can provide for our children is a healthy marriage. So if they see us thriving, then as they then come through the ranks and they raise their families, they see what's next. They say, oh, well, my parents continue to live Mm -hmm. without us in the house. Well, obviously, our home is always going to be welcome for our extended family, and I look forward to that. But I want them to go, wow, look how much our parents are alive. Like, I really admire couples. We're drawn to couples who have that spark of adventure and Activity because I, I, I don't want to just skip grow old. I want to be vibrant until God tells me it's time to go home. You know? And I don't want our kids to be off at college worried about, is mom okay because I'm not there? Right. Yeah. I want them to embrace and love yeah. and engage and mm-hmm. get involved and just fully right. have the freedom to go live and be now a, a college student and young adult. I don't want to hold them back from that with mm-hmm. them worrying about, gosh, are mom and dad okay? Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. your mom called me three times yesterday, and half the time she was crying. <laughs> you know, I, I, we, don't want, we don't think we want that for our kids. Right. I think that's great. Yeah. Uh, and there's just one last piece of that for me is that it's a spiritual concept as much as it is a, a, a parent-child or parent-to-parent concept because I think there is a season for, for mourning, and you're mm-hmm. mourning the change and the, and the loss and, and what's going on there. And so I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I also feel like when we go through these times, when the status quo is upset, it's this great opportunity for us to, to lean into Christ again and say, what now? Hmm. What do you want me to do? Mm-hmm. Because we talked about this in the last session. You can get into autopilot and substitute that for you know, a, a very close, tender relationship with God on a current basis where you're hearing from him. You're leaning in. You're trying to discover on a more regular basis, what do you want me to do now? And I don't think he gives us, you know, he's given us this day, and it's like, man, we should celebrate that day Mm -hmm. in all its forms, 
And yes, there's some loss, but that happens. That's the nature of life. There's mm-hmm. some loss and there's some gain. And when there's loss, there's generally gain that comes with it, too, That's if you right. can just see it that way. And so it's like exercising a spiritual muscle as well, not just a relational muscle, mm-hmm. but a spiritual muscle that could have atrophied because you got stuck in a rut of routine. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, like, and this may be going too far, but to me, I like that spirit, that scripture about the stirring the waters of Siloam, the people that would sit around it, and when the waters were stirred, they would try and be the first in to get their healing. Mm-hmm. I think God steers the water, stirs the waters of Siloam in our hearts sometimes to heal things in our lives, to get us out of ruts, to draw us closer to Him, to remind us of our dependence on Him and not dependence on our schedule not dependence on the status quo. And so I view that as just a wonderful time in retrospect of God saying, okay, now what? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now what does this look like? Yeah, I'm giving you a new stage now. You're mm-hmm. a steward of this new time. How are you going to use this new time? Mm-hmm. You know, that's what are you going to do with that's that? really good. What are some things that you guys, and now on this, what we're calling your second phase, for the lack of better words. The openness. Yeah, the openness that you continue, you brought with you from your early marriage that still works. Things that were like a mainstay that you're like, nope, this is it. This is something that we continue Kids or no kids. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think we've always made it a point to serve or minister together. Mm -hmm. And we still do that. And like we were just talking about, now we have even more opportunity. But that's what we prioritize and love to do. Um, we've always done that. And again, it was always a good model for the kids. Mm-hmm. We wanted them to, to see us interacting with other people. We wanted them to see people in our house. Um, we wanted them to love God. We wanted them to serve. So that's, and we will always continue to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's so. something special. There's a connection when you, when you serve together, yeah. you know, there's, um, to be able to, to work alongside and doing good work, right? Where it's, you're making an impact, you're you're um, you're uh, you're having an impact relationally. Because most likely, if you do that on your own, you're going to want to go home and tell your spouse about it. Mm-hmm. How much greater is it then than you're doing it side by side? Um, right. I love that. Mm-hmm. Any other things that you feel like you've brought in with you outside of serving? No, now might be a good time. I th- there there are times I think you know all through marriage, all through the struggles and the kid part, and then when they leave and stuff like that. As you get through those years, you can look back and go, you know, all the times we didn't give up were worth it. Yeah. Right. It's just so worth it to get, because you get to this stage of life and it's so sweet. Hmm. And you just know that if we'd thrown the towel in, you know, it just, you wouldn't have gotten here. Yeah. And there's yeah. no way to get get here besides going through the hard stuff. Right. That's and it's not right. all hard, but there are ups and downs. But there's going to be. Yeah. Yeah, that's life. Because marriage is hard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's definitely seasons where you're kind of like, oh. Yes. This is really messy or not mm-hmm. worth it, but it is worth it. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. starting over is not the option. Mm-mm. And this might be a light one, but um, we found some things that some of them were accidental family traditions. Some of them were more deliberate, mm-hmm. that those family traditions now have had enough years to marinate. And when the kids got married, we wondered, would the spouses, the new spouses, like the family vacation we take? pretty much to the same place every year mm-hmm. and we kind of even do the same things every year but that has become such a sweet part of our family cadence now that our kids work their schedules around the family vacation that's awesome Aww. and so now we have five grandkids and the eight adults and it's it's rich and there's a lot of other family traditions like that that those deposits early mm-hmm. 
paying them forward now has been really special. Yeah, that's neat to think that starting that and maintaining the consistency through into the adult years, I, I, that's a picture that I, I know I, I can't speak for Jan, but I know for me and I think for her as well, gosh, we, we want that, right? We want to be able to, to continue that with our kids because like you said, now there's five grandkids and how fun is that to be able to not only do it with your kids, mm-hmm. but now with their kids and right. whether that's, I don't know where y'all go, but if it's playing on the beach or, mm-hmm. you know, hiking a mountain or whatever, but getting to do that all over again with mm-hmm. those kids and have some cool conversations and then see them have some of those cool conversations. And that's just, I love that. That's definitely a, a hope. That is really good. Just one light thing, too, like on family vacations, one of the things that's become a tradition from when the kids were young is dad's morning breakfast with them. We do that other times, not just on vacation, but there's something about vacation that made that special. So I still have a dad's breakfast every morning, I mean one morning for each on vacation. But what's really cool is to watch them now do it with their kids when the, the days that we're not doing it. So it's things like that, that that's a small one, but there's so many of those things like that, like apple picking. You know, it's kind of, yeah. when you really think about it, it's a pretty stupid thing to do. <laughs> I'm going to go spend a lot of money, spend a whole day, fight traffic. And how many do you really and, need? And I'm gonna <laughs> get apples and I'm going to find them all picked over. Yeah. But it's an excuse to spend time yeah. with the family and just and traditions that go with that. So I love it. Kind of fun stuff. So. So now that they're out, uh, they're in college or even now out of college, right, in the open nest for you guys, what's been the hardest thing you guys have had to work through relationally then? You talked about conflict early on and managing it with the kids, Jane, while they were young, and then the travel and a lot of that stuff. Mm -hmm. On the other side of that now, on the open nest side, what's been the hardest thing relationally for you guys to have to work through and and learn about each other? It's interesting. We've talked about this maybe too much, but um, when you lose your schedule, two years ago I semi-retired. I, I left that job we talked about before, the 70% pay cut. You know, the, the close of that story is I think we ended up doing better financially there than if I'd stayed where I was before. Yeah. It ended up God so richly blessed us beyond what we could say. But, uh, you know, a couple of years ago I, I left that uh, role, And it's given us a lot of time now that's great. You know, some people worry about that. What am I going to do? Do I have enough to do? Are we going to like each other, spend that much time together? And, you know, like the wife's like, I'm used to my house without you here all the time, but can I get my house back? Are you going somewhere today? (laughs) Please. Unless Jane's faking it pretty well. I don't think that's not where we are. But because of that, we can, our struggle is, keeping our schedules oriented in such a way that we're in sync. Hmm. So building in some times that are predictable that we know we'll have an hour after dinner down on the dock to sit and talk, that we'll periodically review our calendars together, that we'll try and stay on the same page in terms of priorities and that type of thing. Hmm. When you have that much freedom of your schedule, it's a wonderful thing, but it's also a sobering thing Hmm. in terms of trying to figure out what you're doing. And again, for us, it's never been, wow, I wonder what I'm going to do and I'm going to have anything meaningful. And, you know, those type, that's not the issue for us. It's really more been an issue of being on the same page in terms of picking what we're doing and making sure we're not losing each other mm-hmm. 
and almost the unstructured nature of our day went before it was pre-programmed that we always had touch points. Mm-hmm. I find that um, I'm used to organizing my day and doing my things and stuff like that. But now, if he's home, it's like, oh, I'll get home if he's home so I can spend some time with him. So it's, yeah. it's reordering my hmm. my world, too. And since his workday was always pre-programmed for him, you know, he might have a lunch break and things yeah. like that. He's just learning now really more time management than he's had to, you know, of course, a lot for the work, right, you know, environment, but not so much when he has free time. Yeah. So it's very, you know, the things you don't know you're going to run up against. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been fun to, to be confronted with things we didn't, you know, we went, oh, yeah, we need to think about that now. Mm-hmm. Is there any topic or any... Um, I don't know how to say it, but like anything that had significantly changed, like, you know, you kind of went along this way and then you realize, wow, we've really changed. And this is something we have to look at from a whole completely different way or personalities, maybe not, maybe it stayed, but I was just curious because we've even seen, and it's just tiny course corrections, but you're Mm -hmm. like, well, this has worked. Why do we keep hitting this wall? Mm -hmm. Because and you just kind of have to make slight adjustments. At least that's what we've experienced. Have you guys experienced anything like that? I think we get stuck in ruts sometimes. And it's not like every minute has to be productive. And, and you know, we have to, if we're not producing, we don't have, mm-hmm. you know, God doesn't love us. That's not our identity in Christ. But on the same token, it's real easy to get into ruts where why do we keep doing that, spending our time that way, or even relating to each other that way? You know, not going deep, not being available for others. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think our struggle, it's not so much with each other that we feel. Mm-hmm. We're so loving having more time together. Um, and we just, we're like kids, <laughs> seriously, because we just like, uh, what do you want to do? <laughs> let's go do something. Let's go to dinner. Let's uh-huh. let's go have fun. I tell you another thing that's really been important to us that it's it becomes very clear. It's like you know the rocks in the harbor type of thing. You see them much more clearly <clears throat> because as the time drains out of your harbor of time that you spent with your kids, now the question of your friends and the places you've invested become much more important. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to do that at a standing start. So if you've focused all of your time on your kids, really to the point of neglecting other life-giving relationships, it's not that you can't build them during that time, but you sure would rather have a a running start than a standing start at that time. And so finding we, over the years, have we have a lot of friends that are at the acquaintance level that still are, are very impactful for us. And we have this small group of friends that are like the last 10% you want to go on vacation with, you really enjoy each other's time, you know, those types of things that, you know, we've done several of those trips. We went to Israel with a group of them. We just got back from California with a group of them. We'll vacation ourselves, but we also want to invest enough in those relationships where they're, that's a key part of how we're uh, filling that time now, too. That's so good because you're right. I mean, right now in the season that we're mm-hmm. in, it's, you know, we're just still in the middle of kids' activities and a lot going on. And But, yeah, I don't want to start from a standstill of when they're gone, my friends, right? And we have we have some good friends, but it's the mentality of 
making sure we're investing in those relationships so that we have that running start. That I love that because mm-hmm. I haven't really thought about that. Mm-hmm. You know, my mind's been in the now of, and, and for us, right. mm-hmm. not the new circle mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. that's going to be around us. Um, yeah. That's great. I love that. For me personally, I think mm-hmm. that's, yeah, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. That's good. I was going to ask you, and so that could have been one of the answers, right? But I was going <laughs> to ask you. We're six years away oh. um, from, from Rena <laughs> heading off to college. Six, right? years. Right? It's about six years sooner than you time. think. Yeah. It's a long time. It's oh a long time. Yeah, yeah. Keep telling yourself. But that. what's what is what one or two things you know from your perspective? You guys have have been there. You've sat in in this seat. Um, one or two things you'd share with us, and then others that are listening of. Hey, here's one or two things to, to be thinking about now, mm-hmm. right? You're six mm-hmm. years away. Be thinking about now. Mm-hmm. That's going to, that's going to help you guys. And I think that friend thing for me, that at least, I mean, that's like a nugget right now for me. Mm-hmm. I'm like, golly, I, I'd never thought about that. I've mm-hmm. thought about the transition of our kids and I've thought about Jan and me. Mm-hmm. I've not thought about my circle of, mm-hmm. of friends that yeah. I'm going to want. Cause I'm going to, I'm going to want that. I'm going to need that. Mm-hmm. And, but what else? What are one or two things that you guys like, man, here, I wish I had, or this, we did this, and this was great leading up to that season. So I'll start and let Jane come in. Um, from the guy's standpoint, realize that empty nesterhood or open nesterhood is going to hit Jan harder than it's going to hit you, especially if you're still working. Because if the mom's had a lot of her time centered around her children, working or not, Mm-hmm. but still has been filling in this gap and mm-hmm. doing all this heroic stuff with her children. And all of a sudden, that's changed. It's changed probably more for her than it did for the guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And I don't feel like I did a good enough job of realizing that. I was mm-hmm. thinking of it more in my terms, and I kept going back to work. You know, I certainly felt the loss, but it was not near the time. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it's mm-hmm. like if I put myself in Jane's position... And she was a stay-at-home mom. It's like her job just changed drastically yeah. in terms of what mm-hmm. she's doing. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that would be one thing is realize mm-hmm. there's a difference in the way it's going to impact each other. And if you want to love your wife better, don't think in terms of how it's impacting you. You both are going to have different ways mm-hmm. and are both important, but it's going to impact her more. The second would be get on top of it early. You know, you don't start saving for retirement, you know, when you get when you reach 65. Right. You don't start talking about empty, open nesterhood when you the last one leaves. Mm-hmm. Because if you take the edge off of it and you plan for it more, some of what makes it so hard is not planning for it. Or so, avoiding it emotionally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what would we like to do with some of our free time? Mm-hmm. Instead of having free time and looking at each other and like, what do we do? Well, I'm just missing the kid. How about you? You know? Mm-hmm. If you plan for that, if you pray about it together and say, God, how would you want us to be a good steward of this new time? And what should our relationship look like? And just, it's fun. I, you know, I think a lot of times God creates conflict. God creates big decisions and other things to force us as a couple to get closer because we're so different in how we make decisions. Mm -hmm. We process things differently. We had so many different life experiences and yet we will, the beauty of it, the, the, the hardness of it too sometimes, but the beauty of it is forcing us to try and work that out. Mm-hmm. And when you go on autopilot or, hey, I can wing it. It's okay for me to wing it. Well, it may not be okay for the other one to yeah. wing it. 
how do we love each other during that time and be more deliberate and intentional? And I think it's a good model for a lot of areas of our life mm-hmm. in terms of how we steward our time and what we do with our time. Mm-hmm. It's another, it's a huge, it's a big transition, but it's another great opportunity. Mm-hmm. But if you plan, if you plan for it and you're talking far enough out, mm-hmm. you probably start to drift towards the, I'm looking forward to that mm-hmm. versus it kind of, you wait and all of a sudden it hits you in the face and you're like, well, I'm missing them. You're missing them. And, and, but if you're thinking about it ahead, you start thinking, hey, we're going to do this more. Wow, we are. We are. We're going to do that more. And wow, we can do this. Maybe you start to actually anticipate it and look forward and get, oh, my gosh, I'm. that's actually going to be a fun mm-hmm. season. Not that you're going to, you know, push them out the Avoid door sooner or something. Right. right? Mm-hmm. But it's going to be you're, you're going to transition maybe a little bit better because you're looking forward to what's going to be that next season. I think that's yeah. great. Right. And, you know, not to ignore the emotions, but like one of the things we did after one of the weddings is planned a trip from the wedding. You know, we had to wait for all the family and friends and mm-hmm. out-of-town people to, to be gone, which was another day or so. But then planned a trip just to get away, just the two of us, a place that we would really enjoy being, to kind of say, let's not spend the next time just you know and we'll spend we'll still it's unavoidable but we kind of wrapped all the emotions around a pretty you know proactive fun experience is what we tried yeah. to do so, so you can download it on a beach somewhere yeah. or climb yeah. a mountain yeah, exactly. and then, then come home to the reality that there's change yeah mm-hmm. and not just mm-hmm. sit in their bedroom and do yeah. that <laughs> <laughs> probably not the best place Look to do that all their year yeah, exactly exactly <laughs> <laughs> And I I agree with what Dennis said. I don't know if I can add anything. Um, The thought just struck me, though, how when you say six years, that's like the blink of an eye. It is. And, you know, I just want to tell you, love your kids. Tell them what great kids are and how much you believe in them, how great they're going to be, how you trust them. I just think, you know, just building them up now. Yeah. And I know you guys do that already, but it's just so important. So when it's time to say goodbye. Yeah. Yeah. You, you haven't. You, you don't feel like there's things off. left unsaid or right. poured into because you don't have the same word, attention. Though. Yeah, good yeah. word. Mm-hmm. But another piece of that for mm-hmm. me is the kids are getting older; they can understand more. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and let's face it, early on, it's like crowd control. Yeah. Don't eat that. <laughs> don't touch that. You know, go here and there. But you can move into a different phase with them where mm-hmm. it's more about principles, mm-hmm. because you're not just trying to to crowd control them. Just say. Give them a list of rules because a list of rules doesn't teach them how to live. It doesn't show that you trust them because if there's a whole lot of rules, sometimes they're not all bad, but oftentimes they communicate either a neediness because they're waiting for the rule giver to give them the next rule for the next thing they encounter or that you don't trust me. Yeah. And you don't want your kids walking out in life thinking that. They want the biggest champion in their corner to be their parents who have not blind faith in them, you know, their faiths in Christ, but they they respect them. Mm-hmm. They trust them. They believe in them. You know, they can use the love and, and support they have from you as a wellspring of strength moving forward. And so there's a transition there too because you're transitioning not just to them leaving in the next phase. Your relationship with them is changing, yeah. mm-hmm. and it needs to change, and mm-hmm. it's a good time to change. Mm-hmm. And you're setting the stage for how you're going to relate to their spouse mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. it's yeah. just changing in that time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so how do I treat my child not like he's no or she's no longer my child, but like 
I would want other people to treat them with respect, Mm -hmm. you know, with honor, Mm -hmm. with believing the best in them and pulling out the best in them. How would I want them to do that? If I was handpicking an apprentice for someone that I really want them to walk alongside because this person I respect and admire so much, why couldn't that be me? Hmm. Why can't I do that? Mm -hmm. Because that's another place to talk about in your transition to that time is how are we going to love them in this next phase? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Man, I love that. So good. So good. Well, guys, thank you so much for sitting with us. This Mm -hmm. has been fantastic. Um, I feel like we could sit here all night and keep asking questions. Um, but this has been really rich for us. And I know for those that are listening, they're going to get a lot out of this. And so thanks for opening your lives, your last 38 years uh, of marriage to us and sharing. I'm just really grateful for your heart. Um, and so we love you guys. Well, here's and, uh, to many more years. That's right. Thank you. That's right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you all so much. Boom. Did you hear the mic drop? <laughs> when they said open nest. I mean, that was that was game changer. We did. I think we probably were speechless for the first time ever. It was processing that. It was Golly, so that is it. I love that. That is a fantastic paradigm shift from emptiness to open nest. Yeah. And I mean, just looking it. at opportunity. And isn't that just God, though? Like, I don't know who, whether we as man, you know, make things so dramatic, but... Absolutely, God would create an openness for us to be able to serve Him and do more in our marriage and have new opportunities to continue to do more for Him. Mm-hmm. And so that, like you said, mic drop, that was one of our best takeaways yeah. ever. So I know you guys um, got a lot out of it, as probably as much as we did. It was just a great, great time with Dennis and Jane. We're so thankful that they are part of our life and we mm-hmm. still get to connect with them and uh, and just continue to learn from them. So great, 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 great folks. Um, but let's talk. Who's next? Who's next is John and Debbie Woodall. And I know a ton of you who are listening know De- Debbie and John already. And um, they do a great job already marketing themselves as people who are for marriage. And we've had the blessing of knowing them, gosh, I guess 19, 20, 19 almost 20 years. 20 years. They sat in our very first married community group. Mm -hmm. And we all were only married from six months to a year. And if you listened when we were introducing marriage in the very beginning, Chris and I talked about weekends, getaways, yearly vacations. John Woodall was the person who Mm -hmm. made that happen. Yeah, that's who we learned it from. um, from that point, that has been one of the most instrumental things in our marriage. And we are really, really excited that we're going to have some great quality time to sit down with them. They have a very full, crazy life. They have grandchildren. They have kids that they're involved in. And um, they're both really passionate. And I think that you are going to get a ton out of it. So make sure that you check out our next podcast with them. Yeah, you guys are going to really love it. Um, Great, great stuff. Great conversation. Um, hey, uh, a reminder again, you hear it from us all the time. We go out and subscribe if you haven't already. Rate and review where you're listening and uh, and give us some feedback if you want to head over even to Facebook and give us some feedback on the Facebook page. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. And we'll see you on the next podcast with John and Debbie. See you guys. Bye-bye, y'all.